Good morning, Vine Life Church family. It's great to be with you. Uh, we're going to be diving into the next stage of our series. We've been looking at the one another's in scripture. Now, I think as you've found, if you've been journeying with us over the last few weeks, that these are often very simple uh, and yet deeply profound uh, concepts that we find within scripture. Uh, they actually, when we, when we start to uh, dig them out, when we start to crack them open, we've got an amazing opportunity to let them speak to our lives and then inform how we live our lives, in particular, how that living of our lives impacts uh, the people that we come into contact with. That's, that's the whole concept of these one another's. It's how do we love one another? And so how do we allow these uh, principles to speak to our lives so that in the loving of one another, uh, our life is really defined by uh, these key principles we find in God's word. And listen, this is so often the case in God's word that often the simple things, uh, the things that maybe actually we may uh, glibly kind of gloss over or we may kind of look at at pace, if we actually let these simple, small, profound uh, principles genuinely get rooted in our lives, genuinely get planted as a seed in our life, the fruit of it, if we're prepared to tend that soil, let that seed grow, can be so impactful. And so I want us um, today, even in the simplest uh, of um principles, even in the simplest of the one another's that we're going to look at today, be um, in that mode of how can I let this beautifully simple principle, this instruction and invitation uh, that God's word gives to us, how can I let it inform how I live my life? And uh, the one another we're going to be looking at today is serve one another. And remember the whole context of this whole journey we've been on is, is rooted in the fact that all of these one another's stem from uh, the posture of, of loving one another. They are uh, ways in which we get to unpack that further. Detailed descriptions of the way in which we would unpack this concept of, of love that we would own and lo the love that we would live in relation to how we interact with other people. So let's have a look at it. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Galatians. And later on, I'm going to be pulling out a passage from Luke as well. But Galatians 5 verse 13 is where we find this one another. And it says this, uh, it's talking about life by the Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, not to use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. Let me read that from the Amplified Version just to again ring it out a little bit further. It says this again, For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, selfishness, but through love, serve and seek the best for one another. Now, this is a, again, so simple in its expression, but profound in its outworking that actually the, um, the instruction to serve one another, we could just say, well, okay, well, well, let's just get on and do that. We kind of get a vague concept of what serving is. We, we know that that's how we should posture our lives towards one another. Surely this verse just is as simple as it is and we just get on and, and carry on. Well, at one level, yes, but I wanted to, to hover over this verse. I wanted to let it to speak to us uh, and challenge maybe some of the ways that we think about ourselves and maybe some of the ways, uh, the infrastructure of how we think about ourself so that we can actually consider, are there any, is there anything that's holding me back from this uh, ability to serve one another in the way that I think about myself and the way that myself engages with other people? You know, this is one of the, uh, one of the one another's that at its core, 
uh, is about a choice that every single one of us has. It, it's bringing us into an invitation. Paul, in writing to the, the Galatian churches, is instructing them and he's bringing them into an invitation. But more than that, he's giving them an instruction. And this, at its very core, is about a choice that we have, whether to develop either a selfish life or a selfless life. Let me say that again. It's this instruction, and the, or, or rather this invitation is my life going to be lived out uh, and are we going to develop a selfish life or are we going to develop a selfless life? And really even at the core of that question is, is a, a moment of self-reflection that says, actually, do I, do I um, have a higher value for my own self or do I have a higher value for others? So right at the very core of the question, am I going to make a choice to live for self or am I going to live my life to be selfless? Actually, is the self-reflection moment to, to actually consider, it, do I consider my life to be of a greater value, more importance than I do others? And so I think if just to pause and reflect even on, on that as a simple question that builds out from this instruction to serve one another is a great place to start. Am I building a life that is selfish? Am I self-orientated? Am I self-defined? Is the first person that I think about, is it, is it me? Or actually, have I begun to develop and cultivate a, a life that is reflective of this instruction to serve? And therefore, am I living a selfless life where actually I count others, their concern, their cares, their needs, perhaps even over and above my own? That's a great place to start as a reflection as we let this verse speak to our lives. I think it's what's really important for us to own as well. What Paul is making really clear is, is that this lifestyle, it's really formed around a choice. Uh, it, it's formed around a choice that says, actually, we are, we're powerful individuals to get to choose which decision, which way we go in relation to this instruction to serve one another. It's connected, and Paul does it beautifully here in these verses, it's connected to our freedom. You know, in our freedom that we get to experience, we get to make a powerful choice to serve one another, right? This isn't something that, that whereby it's an instruction that our hands are tied and, and we're kind of obligated and we're duty bound. No, no, no. This is tapping into the freedom that we experience and therefore the choice that we get to make. Like, let's be clear on this. This is not something that, that we get to, this is something we are proactive around. It's not something that actually uh, is it, just going to happen uh, despite of ourselves. It's absolutely connected to a choice. The second thing that Paul uh, is connecting this lifestyle to is, is humility. And again, it's this, this posture of heart that says, actually, there's something going on internally. The way I am orientating my life and my heart in and through humility and then ultimately that serving one another comes from that place of humility and becomes an expression uh, of, that, of that choice. It becomes a, a dynamic and an expression of that choice to love. And again, Paul does that here. He ties it all into love. This is not, again, simply just a, a, an activation of my will. No, it's a response of love to the people around us, which is why it sits so beautifully in the context of these one another's. I guess if, we, if we're going to own this simple concept, we have to realize that actually it really does start with a profound statement. And that is, life is not all about me. Life's not all about me. It's not all about you. 
And so actually, if we realize that we're not wandering through life in this bubble of our own self-orientation, that actually when this word gets to speak to how I might live my life, I've got to realize that my starting point for me is that my life is not all about me. And so I don't want to touch on, on three things that I think are just worth observing in the midst of this principle. And the first thing is this. Um, well, in fact, let me tell you what the three things are and then we'll go through them. Serving others is countercultural. Let's just acknowledge that, that actually in making, in this position of freedom that we have and making this choice to serve one another um, in and through humility and love, ultimately that is a countercultural dynamic. Secondly, Serving others is counterintuitive. Like there is an automatic um, self-wiring that we have that is part, again, that Paul uh, pulls out even in these verses, connected to our flesh. We have a, self, uh, 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 we have a self-serving, uh, in, uh, intuitive way of living. And so actually serving others is counterintuitive. And finally, serving others actually is a counterbalance. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. But ultimately, I really feel like actually that if we're going to own this um, principle of serving others, we have to realize that we are involved in a life and a culture that doesn't necessarily um, exemplify or hold that principle up as valuable. What do I mean by that? I think we live in a culture that is very much guided towards uh, you as an individual and your success, your well-being, uh, your development, your financial status. It's your, your, your. And actually, often what we hear and see from culture speaking back to us, it's telling us how we can uh, further orientate ourselves towards ourselves. You know, you just look at advertising in terms of what you should wear, what car you should buy. It's all about a persona whereby ultimately we are so self-absorbed and so self-orientated that we that we uh, that we're trying to build that sense of self through how we engage and uh, with social media, how we engage uh, with marketing. All of that is speaking to us and defining. And it's it, and so actually to serve others, we have to acknowledge is counter to that culture to actually um, to actually lay down and lay aside that sense of self-orientation in order to make the choice out of our freedom and out of humility and love to make that choice to serve one another it absolutely kicks against the cultural norms of the day I think if we if we if we're to acknowledge that we want to we want to journey a path where actually this principle of serving others becomes normal for us, we have to realize that that it is not normal in culture. That actually it, it it's not held up as a value. It's not held up as something that is is honorable or or, or a sense of uh, of fulfillment or a sense of success around your own life. It's not really built around other people's success or other people's care or other or serving others. It's really about how are you serving yourself. So I think to in order to even just begin to start to look at how we would build towards this in uh, in terms of serving others and becoming more effective in it, we have to realize. We're in a culture that speaks uh, very much against this principle. It speaks very much in a countercultural manner. And so we have to swim against the tide. And isn't that all, like so often the case in, in the normal Christian life, there is a, an acknowledgement that in many ways, the things that God calls us to do and the way he calls us to live and this discipleship journey of becoming more like Jesus, it's counterculture. And we have to swim against the tide. 
And so there is intentionality, there is focus, there's determination that has to be applied to our lives and these principles in order to begin to uh, create a mode and create a, a rhythm and create a, a principle that is built into how we live in our lives. Because it's not going to happen simply uh, by uh, going with the flow. So that's the first thing. Serving others is absolutely countercultural. So we have to recognize that if it's countercultural, I'm going to need to set the course. I'm going to need to be intentional. I'm going to need to focus. I actually need to kick against some of those norms that, that culture would speak to me. Second thing in terms of, of serving others is counterintuitive. What do I mean by that? I think there is a, uh, an inner wiring, and, and Paul touches on this in this verse by just acknowledging that there is a, there's, a, a count, uh, there's a counterpoint to serving others, which is actually serving yourself. It's actually connected to our self-orientation towards our own flesh, which is ultimately talking about our own selfishness, our own needs, our own desires, and that, bec- that uh, it needing to be laid down in order to uh, serve others. And I think that's true. I think if, if I look at it even just in extreme terms, I remember when, uh, when I first uh, began to learn to swim and I'd learned to swim. And then um, the next stage of learning to swim was that moment where you, uh, you learn how to, uh, to rescue somebody else. Now, they don't throw somebody in the pool, um, but they do tell you to wear your pajamas. Wear your pajamas and you're going you're gonna to come in and, you're, and, and you rescue a brick. Remember those? The rubber bricks that sink to the bottom of the pool. And there's that moment where you stood on the edge of the pool and you're realizing, um, gosh, I think, you know, if this was a person, they were actually drowning, you know, the, the, the sort of internal kind of response, the kind of adrenaline would kick in and that, that kind of um, fear of you actually drowning yourself would probably dissipate pretty quickly. But actually, you're still on the edge of the pool, often in your pajamas, and you're going to go save a rubber brick that's float, not floated, that has sunk to the bottom of the pool. Obviously, that, that it's a different scenario when there's somebody that's potentially drowning in a pool. But listen, there, there is that moment when you stood at the side of the pool and you're all too acutely aware of your own kind of self-vulnerability and the fact that fear kicks in or, or you're like, well, actually, I don't want to do this. Or, or maybe I don't really want to look stupid in a pool wearing pajamas. Maybe I don't want to drown myself. You know, there's all this kind of natural, normal, instinctive ways that we think. And ultimately, it's about uh, so it's self-serving. Now, obviously, that's an extreme picture in terms of, of course, I'm sure if anyone came across somebody that was struggling in the water, we'd be first in and we'd push through fear. We'd, you know, we'd do all those things. But ultimately, I do believe that we have a wiring, which is our fleshly nature, which is self-orientated. I believe that because I think the Bible routinely points to the fact that actually we're to, we're to lay down the things of the flesh. We're to, to put the things of the flesh to one side that we're actually to, to pursue a life in the spirit. We have to actually lay down a life where we're serving a self-centered approach to our own fleshly desires. So I think acknowledging that serving is, is counterintuitive is really helpful because again, it frames how we show up in life to the degree where actually we realize there's a, again, another level of intentionality, not just to the cultural influences, but the internal influences. That gosh, if I am internally wired primarily and, and foremostly to think about myself, then actually it's going to be counterintuitive for me to think about others. That it's going to be a secondary thought, maybe a third thought, fourth thought, because actually often my wiring is I'm thinking far more about me and my own comfort, my own design, my own desire, all of those things that are self-orientated before I ever think about anybody else. So actually, if we are to step into 
the beauty of this instruction to serve others, we have to acknowledge there is a laying aside of oneself. And again, it comes back to that choice I talked about. Are we going to develop a life that is, self, uh, that is selfless as opposed to selfish? Are we, is that the choice that we're going to make in our freedom through humility and love to embrace selfless life as opposed to a selfish life? So serving others is absolutely counterintuitive. And so we have to push through. We have to lay down. We have to be highly intentional. I think some of that I've noticed in my own life is almost beginning to take stock of those moments when my instinctive response is to think about myself and to begin to very quickly ask the question, but what about others? Again, just practicing this as a mode in which we are growing and strengthening that sense of of the principle of serving others, we'll start with asking ourselves questions. What about others? Who else is in the room? I know I'm feeling insecure, but who else might be feeling insecure? I know I'm feeling fearful, but who else might be feeling fearful? You know, I know I've got things going on in my life, but actually there'll be others around me that have got things going on in life. How can I lean in and lean beyond my own selfish orientation in order to really develop this principle of serving others? And finally, serving others is really a counterbalance. And it ties into those two things. If if serving others is countercultural and serving others is counterintuitive, then actually to, to counterbalance that self-orientated um, leaning that we all have, actually cultivating a selfless life where actually we begin to not only um, uh, bring in the question, um, what about others, as a very quick secondary question, over and above, what about myself? It's actually just acknowledging, well, how would I make that the first question? How would I counterbalance all the things that are going on externally from me that are the culture is saying that, that I'm the primary thing, I'm the most important, what I think, how I'm valued? How would I counterbalance that cultural pressure? But then also, how would I counterbalance this internal uh, infrastructure, which continually puts me at the very center of my life. How would I counterbalance that? And I believe that serving others does that. I think bringing that as a concept and allowing it to speak to our, uh, speak to our lives in a primary position, allowing it to be the lens that we, that, that we allow to speak to our interactions with other people. Gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if actually we were to cultivate this as a principle that every room that we step into, every moment of life, whether that be in work or in the schoolyard or wherever we find ourselves, that actually the, the mode by which we step into those environments is, what about others? What's going on with others? How about in our conversations with people when we're so eager and so concerned to be sharing what's going on in my world? How about we flip that on the head and the counterbalance to that would be, how about I start every conversation with somebody that's in front of me by, by figuring out what's going on in their life, like figuring out what's going on in their world so that I can bring myself with my care, with my humility, with my love, I can bring myself to their life and their context in order to serve them. Like what would it look like to, to pull that as a primary first question rather than an afterthought? So absolutely, serving others is countercultural, serving others is counterintuitive, and serving, serving others really is a, a counterbalance. I want to finish off um, by, by reading just a really familiar passage to you in it. Uh, and and I, I don't want to unpack this passage in any great detail because I think the story speaks for itself. 
And it's a story that Jesus told, and it'll be familiar to some of you, but it's in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. And, and I'll read all of it because it gives the context of what, why Jesus brings this story. It says this, and it is the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In, Je in, in reply, Jesus said this, and this is where he unpacks the story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed on by the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged up his wounds, poured oil uh, and uh, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his, on his own donkey, brought him into the inn and took care of him. The next day he took, um, took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said this, look after him, he said, when I return, I'll reimburse you for every, sorry, any extra expense you may have. This is Jesus then going on to say, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Listen, the, the context of this story may be familiar to you, but this story is to unpack the principle um, laid out in God's word, which is that we are to love our neighbor as you love yourself. It's the same, you know, so Paul talked about using your freedom, not for your own selfish gain, but to extend that freedom through, in, 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 through humility and with love for the sake of others. And so Jesus is saying, look, look, listen, the measure to which you love yourself, apportion that same measure to how you love and ultimately how you serve others. Apportion the same value of love that you have for yourself to the same value by which you interact with those who are not yourself, the others. It's the same principle which challenges our position of, of either do we want to choose a selfish life or a selfless life. And that was what was going on in the story as, as Jesus was kicking back uh, towards the religious leaders and trying to help them understand the concept of what it is to really love your neighbor. That, uh, that ultimately he was opening up the story to, to identify actually, gosh, you have to actually love and serve others with the same value by which you love and serve yourself. And there has to be an equality. Now, I think to develop a principle of something, actually, uh, equality of loving yourself and therefore loving and serving others is, is a great place to go. I think more often than not, to, to redress the balance that probably for most of us, we are orientated primarily towards ourselves, to bring that back into line, often we will have to swing that pendulum and recognize, gosh, I actually need to probably start loving people way more than I even love myself. 
I need to actually serve people way more than I actually, I actually love and serve myself just to bring a sense of, of counterbalance to what's, what maybe is our natural orientation. But ultimately, this is the key. This is the key that Jesus was unpacking in this story. The reality is, is there was every reason, you know, somebody who does not look like you, that is from a, a different tribe, but actually one that you shouldn't necessarily connect with. Jesus is saying, actually, that everything should have separated the people that crossed by and the ones that did, they did, they crossed by. But, the, but, um, but when, the, when the Samaritan came and he stepped beyond social boundaries and when he stepped into that place of acknowledging that he could serve and love and care for the person that was deeply in need, he moved through any of those, uh, any of those things which would have held him back from doing so and he leaned in and he went the extra mile. He actually served and loved the person that so needed his care. So what Jesus goes on to reveal through this story is, is a critical discipleship invitation that we find uh, detailed in these verses. And that is go do likewise. The instruction in these verses to the religious leader was actually you have to go and do something about this. It's actually going to impact the way you live your life and the way that you interact with people around you. That actually to love your neighbor as you love yourself places a demand on our lives. And this is, this is where we're at as people who are following Jesus, not just, not just attending a church, not just, uh, not just another religious uh, experience or exercise, but no, we are truly in a following of Jesus mode. And so actually the, the instruction right at the end, go and do likewise. This is Jesus unpacking the nature and extent of serving others in love. And it sets a pretty high bar for us. It sets a, a challenge to us. And I guess part of, of owning, again, what is a very simple concept of serving others is actually the acknowledgement that we have to go on a journey with God, that we actually would start to begin to recognize that there is a value that God has placed on others that we need to start to pay attention to. There is a mode by which my value and my love gets to be extended towards those outside of myself. This is something that we are called to do, that we are instructed to live out. And that is a challenge that we can either ignore or we can start to put into practice. And that's the thing with all of these one another's. And this is where I want to finish off today is that, is that gosh, guys, it, it takes us uh, to move into this principle. It takes for us to be highly intentional and it takes us to practice. It takes us to almost overreach on some of these things so that they can become part of the normal way that we live life. The normal Christian life is a life that demonstrates um, this principle of serving others. And so actually we have to set the course. We have to charter our course towards what it looks like to live a life that absolutely serves and loves others in humility, values others, values what they need, the position that they're in, and actually moves through our own selfish orientation sometime to begin to orientate towards the needs of others. I want to pray as we close out. Um, Father, I thank you for this invitation. I thank you that it's simple but profound. And God, as your word speaks to us this morning, I pray that it would enlighten our hearts. It would speak um, to the way that we think about ourselves so that we can adjust. Holy Spirit, we absolutely invite you to challenge us and to change us to bring us more Holy Spirit into the likeness of Jesus, that as we begin to hold on to these principles and we begin to build them into the fabric of our lives, that Jesus, truly, our lives would look like you. 
And I thank you, God, that this is a principle that changes our city. It changes our city through the interactions that we have with other people that are around us, people who are in need, that our lives really are a conduit for your love, um, for, for the way in which, uh, God, we get to demonstrate how good you are to those around us by the way that we serve them. And so, Father, we step into that responsibility. We step up to that responsibility. And we thank you for challenging us and we commit our lives uh, to this process of change. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, um, we wanted to uh, finish off this morning by uh, by recognizing that maybe some of you out there uh, would like some prayer. Uh, we have available uh, on Zoom uh, the ability for you to connect with somebody who would love to stand with you and pray with you. Maybe there's just stuff going on in your life. Maybe it just, again, that there is a sense of stuff that uh, you've been experiencing as you've been journeying with God this morning. He's highlighted. Maybe there's some things that you just love somebody to pray with you about. Um, if you go on to vinelife.co.uk forward slash prayer, you'll have the ability to jump into that Zoom uh, call where somebody will be there and give them a few minutes to get online, but um, they'll be there to pray for you. Any Anything that you need in that regard, um, please do jump on there and get some prayer. That would be amazing. Hey, other than that, uh, uh, we love being on the stream with you, but we are looking forward to the time when we do get to be back together. Uh, we hope you well. I bless you in the name of Jesus and look forward to connecting with you very, very soon.